and uh, welcome to the DMAX podcast. My name is Kelly Fox, and uh, this is a little project that I've been working on starting at the beginning of this year, and now I'm finally getting to a point where uh, I can produce this as a podcast, and so here we are. Today, I just wanted to kind of give you a little intro to this podcast and kind of talk about why I think it's important enough, and also what brought me to this place where I, as a mixed-race woman, think about the issues of white masculinity and how that affects other people and um, white men themselves. If you want to learn more about uh, how masculinity affects men, women, trans people, the LGBT community, anyone really, uh, stick around and and hopefully you can learn something. So this all started about two years ago when I did my senior project. I was a literature major at a, a private liberal arts school. As you can tell in the first two episodes of this, um, podcast, which are on masculinity and gun violence that I did as a project. I was doing my senior project at ONU and I found myself uh, studying Macbeth. Now, Macbeth is a pretty common uh, Shakespeare play. It's one of the shortest tragedies. And I kind of talked about this in my blog, but um, I just wanted to go ahead and tell the story again. So Macbeth is one of the shortest tragedies. And uh, so I think part of the reason that I chose to do my capstone on it was I thought it would be easy. But as I started to read, and especially when I started to watch the 2015 um, adaptation of Macbeth, um, which is on Amazon Prime if you ever want to watch it with Michael Fassbender, uh, as I started to watch it, I started to see the effects of masculinity on this play. And you know, as a literature major, it was my job to kind of talk about the... um, the things going on in the play, and I found myself talking about gender and how these expectations of gender roles took over the main characters in this play's lives, Macbeth and Lady Macbeth. And it led to Macbeth killing people that didn't need to be killed and led to Lady Macbeth uh, committing suicide. And that conversation could have been left just in my capstone, but as I worked hard on it and studied it and presented it and uh, thought over and over again about these gender roles and how they could lead someone to do terrible things, I started to think about how that was related to, you know, real life people. So it led me to think about gender nowadays and uh, how gender affects our everyday lives in 2018. So um, that really started at the beginning of this podcast. In the first two episodes of this podcast, um, I started putting into words these ideas that I had about masculinity. And actually, if you listen to the first two episodes, I have I do kind of an interview um, slash like research project around masculinity and gun violence. And I talked to David McDonald, who is the chaplain at Ohio Northern, where I graduated. And I used to meet with him weekly um, to talk about, um, I'm a 
seminary student right now. And so I would meet with him weekly to talk about like how I was living out my faith and how I saw faith in my future and the importance of ministry in my life. And so I met with him every week. And as I started doing this project around masculinity and um, as I continued to work on my capstone, as I presented it over and over again, um, I met with David and I think I said something along the lines of, this sounds really crazy, but I believe that we have to free the white cis man from masculinity before we can free anyone else. It might not have been that defined or that specific, but... Uh, I went to him and said that, and I thought it was really awkward and uh, really controversial, especially as a feminist, um, and I've defined myself as a feminist for a while, especially with this project um, around Macbeth, but, you know, as a feminist, like, it's, I, I used to think that feminism was all about creating liberation for women, specifically. And a lot of feminists would define themselves as that, and that's cool and very important, and I still agree with that and totally do that. But a feminist, I think, really wants equality regardless of gender. And so as a feminist, I started to think about things not focused on uh, how can we lift up women, but also how can we remind men that it's okay to not be at the top? And I think that that's really important. And it's began to kind of take over all my conversations and all my thoughts. And so here I am making this podcast. So what do I mean by that? What do I mean by telling men that it's okay to not be at the top? Well, this is something that we'll get into with the rest of this podcast, and I hope to learn more about as I talk to um, other people who have way different and more experiences than I do. Uh, but I think that a lot of the time, the struggle of liberation is that those who have the freedoms believe that giving the freedoms to someone else is to take away their own freedom. And so... If we think about that in terms of feminism, for men to have the freedom of being able to uh, kind of have advantages in the workplace, just advantages in general, um, often no one will question a man, a man going to do things. For example, there have been times when, even though me and my husband like share finances, people will ask him to pay instead of me. Which I'm not saying is like a terrible thing, but many people would think that that would be kind of like, I guess, oppressive to me to um, not be thought of as like the head of household or to not be thought of as the person who pays all the time. But as I've like started to look at masculinity, not as something that is necessarily oppressive in all situations, but instead is something that can become oppressive. I started to think, how is the patriarchy not just limiting to me as a woman, 
but restricting and I don't know, like not great for men. And like, if we think of not only like this idea of having to be in charge or having to lead the house or having to, to live into this masculine role of being tough or uh, not crying or anything like that. How is that limiting when a guy wants to cry or when a guy like feels really strong emotions or even when a guy wants to do something feminine? something that is deemed feminine because I feel like that is limiting and uh, something that I've also learned in the last year there's a, a documentary that I really love um also available on Amazon as well as the um Macbeth movie anyway there's this, there's this documentary that I really like called The Masculine and it talks about these kinds of things that I'm talking about, the um, things that boys are taught from a young age to not cry or to not be a girl or things like that, and kind of how those are limiting to them um, as they grow to become men. And in this documentary, it talks about kind of some of the things, I mean, I talk about this in the first two episodes of this podcast, but um in this documentary, it talks about, like, the things that boys are taught from a young age that they're not allowed to do, and how they're not allowed to be feminine, and they're not allowed to hang out with girls, and how if they're to stray in even a little bit from their masculine expectations, then they are uh, kind of betraying their gender. And, you know, a lot has changed, um, I feel like, in, I mean, even in the last 50 years, uh, for, or 50 or 60 years, I don't know, a lot has changed in the last century for women. Women are, you know, women can wear pants. That's a thing. And women, there are women CEOs. There are women in the workplace. And yes, I do recognize that women are still limited and still, um, not able to have, some of the same opportunities as men, that there's still the gender wage gap. But what hasn't changed, though, is the expectations that we have for men. Even though women have been able to kind of grow and live out this full spectrum of identities and personalities and um, ways of being a person, men are still expected to be masculine in terms of violence or in terms of paying for a woman's dinner or even being in a heterosexual relationship because that's a, become a part of masculinity or uh, just all these expectations that are placed around masculinity that are the same expectations that are put on Macbeth in the literally the 1600s. So my thing is I don't understand why. And I think that there is a lot of work that needs to be done around men and their ability to not have to be that societally defined man. To not have to be angry 
or cold or distant or muscular or tall. All of those things are good things. Like that's, except for angry and violent, those aren't good things. But what isn't good is when that's your only choice. And I think kind of the way that society is made right now, it is your only choice. Where women do have the choice to be violent or not, or to be cold and distant, even though I guess they would be kind of betraying their gender. But I feel like women get a lot less flack for being more masculine. Whereas if a man is to prioritize more feminine things as we've defined them over more masculine things, it can seem like they're betraying their gender. Like for some reason when a man isn't into sports, (laughs) that's a big thing. But when a woman doesn't wear makeup, that's not a big thing. My whole perspective is that I think it's just a little messed up that men can't just be themselves without betraying this strict set of rules of masculinity. And masculinity is different for even different races or different groups of people. And so we'll talk about that too. But I think the most important thing, we have to start at the top. I think a lot of times when we think of uh, liberation, a lot of the times when we think of liberation, we think of bringing the people at the lowest up, you know, uh, helping the poorest, helping the most oppressed. And that's important. Like as a woman of color, I know that it's important to bring up uh, people who have been oppressed, people who have been hurt in the past. It is important to have that work done. But I don't think that it's even possible to fully get a complete liberation of the lowest of the people until the highest of the people realize that they don't have to be so high and mighty anymore. I think that when the people at the top can realize that the people at the bottom are not a threat, but are rather just working to have the same rights and the same abilities and the same privileges that they or that the people at the top have, I feel like that's when you can have liberation. And that's why I think this podcast is important. Because I want to start with white, heterosexual, cisgendered men. Because before we talk to them, before we... Uh, let them know that they don't have to live up to that high standard of masculinity before we help them realize the kinds of ways that they're even unnecessarily being oppressive, which I understand is also not all the time. But I think until we can free the white heterosexual cisgendered man, uh, we can't free anyone else because it will only be tolerance. And I was talking to someone today about tolerance, actually, and about how tolerance isn't the goal. You know, I've heard a lot in these kind of, like, liberation 
uh, conversations, a lot of the idea of, well, I don't hate them. I to- I let them be there. I tolerate them. Or welcoming, saying you welcome people, um, but not fully including them. I think it's hard when you see a group of people coming in, quote unquote, trying to take your rights, um, trying to take your space, trying to be or trying to have the same privileges that you have. It can be hard not to see that as a threat. And when you see them as a threat, it can be hard to do anything more than tolerate them. But tolerating is not true liberation. And when the group that has the power to liberate is only tolerating, there's no liberation in that. So here we go, I guess. Uh, I don't know if I really explained why I think the way I think. I guess it just comes down to seeing masculinity for more than just being uh, an oppressive force to women and people in the LGBT community and people who... I'm talking a lot about white masculinity specifically. I think it starts there because you have to start with the most powerful. So anyway, uh, I've been looking at white masculinity as more than just an oppressive force, but rather something that is oppressive in its nature, not in the people that have it. White masculinity as a societal expectation, societal force is bad. That doesn't mean that white men are bad. That doesn't mean that white men have to be oppressive. It just means that it is something that can happen, especially in the way that we've taught men of all colors to be. The way that we've taught men that they have to live into a certain role. And this goes all the way back to Macbeth, a Scottish man, a white man, a white man who had the privilege of ruling over a certain village. Really, you should just, you should really go watch the 2015 Macbeth with Michael Fassbender. It's very good. Michael Fassbender is a good actor. I like it. Anyway, but it goes back to my, or to Macbeth and this expectation that Macbeth, the character, um, back in the 1600s, written by Shakespeare, the limitations that he had, those same limitations that led Macbeth to kill his very best friend, and all of these other people who stood in the way of his being the king, is in our society today. And if we look back to Macbeth, in the end, it wasn't even worth it. In the end... He had become truly masculine and truly oppressive and truly a force to be reckoned with, uh, but he lost his wife in the struggle because he uh, could not let go of that toxicity once he had it. And once he started playing the role of masculine man, 
he couldn't turn it off. So as we start this, uh, this podcast and this journey, I hope, of um, trying to break down what it means to be masculine, I just want you guys to know that uh, I am for freedom of all people. And I just, this podcast isn't against white men specifically. I just want that to be like out there. This podcast is against forces that are oppressive and societal expectations that lead to oppression. And uh, from my understanding and my experience and my uh, education, I believe that it doesn't matter how far we lift up women or how far we lift up people of color or the LGBT community or anyone until we uh, take away this restriction, these bonds of masculinity from white heterosexual cis men, uh, no one else will have freedom. And so this is where I start. (laughs) This is what I want to start by looking at. I want to free the white man from (sighs) themselves, I guess. And I know that this may be controversial, and I know that it may come off as uh, not being a feminist because I'm not focusing on women right now, but I think that there's more work than just looking at women. Uh, There's more work than just focusing on lifting women up because the farther we lift women up, the more the toxic man will feel like they need to lift themselves up. And even as women have been lifted up in this day and age, it hasn't been successful because I think that there's still this expectation that it always needs to be a man in charge or it always needs to be men being masculine. So let's demask it. Let's show men that... It doesn't have to be a suppressive force. It doesn't have to be a limiting expectation. But being a man can be a combination of masculinity and femininity in their strict defines terms. In my capstone, I, I talk about how if Macbeth had been able to be a balanced man like Macduff, again, I keep pushing for this uh, 2015 Macbeth, but I really love it. It's worth it. $3 on Amazon Prime. (laughs) Go ahead and do that. But um, if Macbeth, if Macbeth were able to feel all his guilts and his worries and his problems um, and still also been able to be masculine and be a leader and all of that, if he could have been balanced in these uh, stereotyped expressions, then I don't think that Macbeth would have been a tragedy. The fall of Macbeth is not because he's a terrible person or he goes crazy, though he kind of does, but it's rather in his strict adherence to the role of being a man. And so 
I want to show men that they don't have to strictly adhere to this masculine role, but rather they can be free and be liberated and be themselves. So, uh, yeah, that's it. So now we begin this journey. I'm going to be talking to different men in my life and hopefully other men along the way um, who are willing to talk to me about their experience with masculinity and their experience in different groups and how masculinity has affected them and how they see masculinity. Because I'm, I'm a woman. I haven't experienced it for myself. I haven't felt the societal expectations of being a man. I felt the expectations of being a woman, but not a man. So as we begin this podcast, uh, we'll be talking to different men and kind of seeing how masculinity has affected them and talking to them about how they feel they need to be liberated. So I hope you're interested. I hope that you give me grace as I kind of learn this whole podcasting thing and kind of learn what what it is I'm even thinking about masculinity, really. And I hope you're willing to learn with me, willing to learn about liberation and oppression and all these kind of things that I think we're a little unwilling to talk about. So, I hope you'll tune in next time. Bye.